It's all things MMA on Casey Law and Scoreline.ie. My name is Ken McGuire, joined as always by Miles Bryce, who's on uh, this there. That's a, that side of the screen. It's things are you're there. Op- yeah, yeah, things are in opposite <laughs> land over here. Uh, but you're there, uh, which is the most important thing. How are, how are you? How are things? Yeah, good, Ken. Thanks very much. How's things going with yourself? All good? Having a good day? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think so. I think we're I think we're doing all right. We had um, we had ourselves a busy weekend of fight action. Miles, we had uh, UFC two sixty eight at the weekend uh, on Friday. Yeah. Gone. We had Bellator two seventy in Dublin, which proved out to be a a fairly massive, if not mixed, night for uh, mixed martial arts in Ireland. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe let's start there. Um, there were there was uh, there was a couple of good results on the card. Um, Kieran Clark. Uh, made it four pro wins from four uh, against Jordan Barton. Left it, uh, left it late. Super technical fight. Uh, got the rear naked choke with about uh, just under a minute left to go in the third round. Um, and he's he's come into uh, he's come into conversation. I'm, I'm going to throw this at you first of all. He's come into conversation. Obviously has the the IMAF background in having gone with the, the amateur side of things and the, the yeah. Europeans and the worlds and has moved into the pro ranks but stayed amateur for for, for quite some time. Um and I, I wanted to bounce that off you this week um because it's it's come up in in posts from from John Kavanagh and from a couple of others uh, in the field as well uh, stressing the importance and the value that along um studious amateur game can have on your pro career yeah that like we, we've spoken about it before where the records at the amateur level don't really matter because when you turn pro no. the clock gets reset so he's yeah. he's kind of he's kind of proof that if you put the groundwork in at the amateur level then it really starts to pay off rewards at the pro level yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I think you only have to look at uh, the example from what the bo- boxing has done, like, through uh, its lengthy time, you know. So I, I feel like that if you look at any of the best boxers in the world, a lot of them have, uh, a lot of them have, like, 300 amateur fights, like Lomachenko, uh, Rigandau. A lot of these, a lot of the best guys, like, have, like, Mayweather, all these guys have like really great amateur records and there's no different to, to martial arts, you know, MMA. Uh, I feel like if, if got, if it's established a little, if it's, if it was established as well as the boxing, I feel like it would probably get, be a little bit more emphasized, but I feel like, you know, spokes, spokespeople uh, with big <laughs> word of mouth influence, like John Kavanagh mm. is right to push something like that because it only makes, um, athletes have a more successful career, you know, and, and there's a lack of fear of failure then as well, you know, like you, because you, you've dealt with failure so much in your amateur career, then you can kind of go into your pro career going, right, I've made all the mistakes. I, I, I know what the competition jitters are like. I know what it feels like to be in there, you know, like I went straight into pro, you know, when yeah. I was younger. So, and, and you, like you take losses on your pro career, your pro record, and they're on your pro record, you know, like it, there is a difference there. And it, it is hard to kind of, to, to, to deal with that, like, you know, like on a mental level and an emotional level. So you have to, at least in the amateur career, you can really deal with that, you know, and I feel like that, uh, uh, like Kieran Clark is a great example for that 100%, you know, all you got to do is look at the boxers, unless you're a Mexican, like in Mexico pro seems to be like, 
amateur, you know, like Canelo, you know, fighting kind of lads who aren't that great for a lot of the time. And, you know, they kind of do it like that, you know? Yeah. Would you see, um, uh, would you see when you get guys that are coming into the gym and coming into Team Rhino Kilkenny and they're thinking I'll start out on the MMA side of things and then they look to get into, you know, the competitive side of it as well. It's just going, going beyond the training. Are, are there, are there guys coming in going, yeah, I'm coming in and I'm going to go pro and I want to get two or three fights and then move on. Do you get guys that are coming in going, no, I'm in for the long haul. What, what seems to be the, what seems to be the mentality of people that are, are taking things up, you know, or in, in their early stages, we'll say. I think guys come in very optimistic and then, you know, which I like to see, obviously I like to see guys who go, I want to be like a world champion at this or at that, or I want to turn pro, whatever. And then they realize after like one or two amateur fights that this is actually tougher than what I thought, you know, and when they go through, when they go through like a camp, like a six week camp where they may have to lose weight, they have to spar twice a week, they have to do their jujitsu, they have to do their wrestling, they have to do their pad work. You know, a lot of amateurs these days aren't like twice a week. You know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's, it's not like a casual thing you can really do on the side. Like, you know, like, you know, it has to take priority and almost the likes of work and personal life has to kind of be molded around that for a camp. You know, it takes quite a lot from you, you know, and it, but that's the way the game is. Like, if you really want to do it, that's what you got to do. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that, I think people come in very optimistic and it's trying to hold that optimism, you know, to get to that, to that level. Like, so that's usually what happens, you know, like, and, and you get used to that lifestyle that it becomes a lifestyle then. Well, I, what I always say to young athletes coming to the gym that have those kind of aspirations, I say, look, well, you have to be prepared to go through the grind and increasing level levels kind of goes like this it's like a graph you know it's it's kind of a lot of ups a lot of downs a lot of like regression then progression you know it, it, that's just the way it works like and it's not all sunshine and lollipops you know that like you know i think there's a great there's a great concept called the adversity adversity theory where basically it states that the meaning of our life doesn't come down to you know sexual partners and it doesn't come down to having genuine meaning uh it comes down to searching for suffering you know like <laughs> when guys come into the gym they have meaning and then there's obviously the glam that comes with the martial arts but you know on a subconscious level we love suffering like you know because suffering brings progress doesn't it you know anything that's been really hard develops into the meaning and into all the other stuff like you know so it has to be in priority look there's going to be a bit of suffering involved here and a lot of up and down so <laughs> well look i know it's a it's a conversation that we're going to come back to probably again and again but with the with two of the big events that were on the card i know there was more irish representation and lads fighting out of irish gyms but all eyes were on the the co-main and the main event on friday night mm. you had james gallagher uh <laughs> Facing what many thought was probably his toughest test, Hachi uh, Mix in the bantamweight co-main event, and then Peter Queeley, who you're quite familiar with, uh, going up against Patrick E. Uh, Pitbull yeah. in the main event. For for Gallagher's fight against Patchy Mix, it proved a tough contest, maybe yeah. kind of around a piece going into the third round, um, mm. and then it and then it it went wrong for Gallagher, I suppose. What did you make of it? I thought James did a brilliant job, if I was being honest with you. I think he did really well. I think that he was winning the striking exchanges. 
And I feel like that he was uh, really putting on a great showing for himself. I feel like that Patchy was just going for it a little bit more. And he was a bit bigger, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's what it was kind of like. It was a close. It wasn't around the pace. It was a close match, yep. you know. Yep. Like, and I just think that James just got caught. I don't think there's much more to be said about it. I think that he's did himself proud in that fight. And sometimes when you win, you lose. And sometimes when you lose, you win, as Bernie Mac would say. So I think in that scenario, he won in a lot of ways as much as he lost as a fact, you know, but he won in a lot of ways. Yeah. And then for the for the main event, Peter Quealy going up against Patrick E. Uh, we were we were tic-tacking back and forth uh, over this when when the stoppage happened. Yeah. Um, we were, yeah. I, I had I had thought at, at this stage and this was this was just over a minute into the second round. I had thought at this stage that the, the stoppage seemed uh, the stoppage seemed fair. Uh, frustrating as an all as it as it might be for Queeley, he said in the time since, uh, one of the most disappointing nights of his career. Uh, still um, going to rank as one of the best nights in his career, uh, yeah. largely. And thanks to the Irish fans, he realizes how lucky he is. Congratulations to Patrick e on a great performance. Thank you for two great fights. I will adjust, and we will win the trilogy. So, two questions there. One. Um, what did you make of the result and the stoppage? And two, uh, is the trilogy the is the trilogy the right move and the next move? Well, as I was saying to you when we were going back and forth uh, through text that night, was uh, I, I I feel I still feel the same way. I feel like that Peter did a great job. I feel like he fought really well. The only thing I, I may because I thought that if it went into the later rounds, I think he was dead right. The deeper the waters it went, the harder it was going to be for Patriki. You know, yeah. he has power in his hands, Patriki, but he does tend to fade. Even for a small guy, like he's very small. The guy was bigger than Peter, and Peter was bigger than Patriki. So mm-hmm. for a small guy, he doesn't have the greatest cardios for fights. You know, so I was thinking that yeah, he probably will beat him the later the fight goes. You know, walk him down and wear him down a little bit. I think that will be the case. The biggest thing that I felt was a mistake on Peter's part was he was lifting his front leg quite a lot, like looking to check the kick. And it was almost the issue with that, right, is that Peter works best on the front foot. He's a front foot fighter. So in our contest together, I knew that. So I put him on the back foot. Mm. He came into this contest like adjusting to the last fight and just putting himself willingly on the back foot. But that goes against the nature of his fighting style, you know, where he likes, he would have been better just turning his foot and his knee out a little bit. And then anytime Patricky chew a leg kick to flurry him with some punches, you know, as opposed to letting his foot be face forward or turning in so that it would be too late for him to turn his leg out to check or at least ride the leg kick to get off his own offense. I, I think it was a bit of a mistake, like lifting his knee like a tie boxer because it put him on the back foot and then left him a bit taller and a little bit more open to get caught. And I think that's where that may have happened. And in regards to the stoppage, I feel like that Peter, because of the the magnitude of the night, the belt was on the line, the, ty- the type of fighter Peter is, he's tough, he's very hard to put away. They could have given him another, they could have given him another, Two or three punches, I think, you know, mm. I think Peter could have, he could have started, he had his hands up like this, which I didn't really agree with. I thought that if he came up, he could have started level changing and ducking his head. But like, I wasn't there at the moment, so I can't really give like an accurate judgment of that. But I do feel like that. Uh, 
I think that it was a bit of a, it was a good decision, but it was still a stoppage that was questionable. I think they could have let it go a bit longer, but I still can't argue with it either. Yeah. Okay. Um, and would you, would you, would you push for a trilogy fight? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I think they'll give it to him as well. Like Bellator love seeing that, you know, like, I mean, that was a great crowd. That was a brilliant crowd. Super night for Irish MMA. And I think James and Peter did themselves proud. And I think that they'll come back. Like, you know, as much as I really don't agree with the, the, the shit talk and all this, like, and as much as I don't feel like it's, it's very good for the sport and, the influence on younger generations and just the overall martial arts lifestyle. It doesn't, it doesn't, it goes completely against the martial arts lifestyle. The, the shit talk, the, the, the persona that sometimes bleeds into their personal lives, which we've seen with Connor. Uh, it completely goes against the martial arts lifestyle. Mm. I do respect them as fighters and I do feel like that they did very well. And I feel like they'll come back and I do feel like Peter would have a great chance of winning the title. Well, if it goes against the martial arts lifestyle, I'm not sure who had said it uh, from the UFC's side of things uh, in their post-fight interview, hinting that they they had sold the fight. Maybe it was maybe it was Ian Gary, maybe it was Michael Chandler. It was somebody somebody along those lines where they appreciate that the shit talk does have to happen. But we're in an age where the shit talk is going to put bums on on people's seats. If yeah. we cross in, if we cross into the UFC side of things, um, and keeping the keeping the flag flying for Irish MMA, uh, Ian Gary left it late. He was four fifty nine in the first round, but he got that knockout win with a counter right against Jordan Williams in his UFC debut. Big night. Yeah, big night for yeah. him. Yeah, big night for big night for Ian. I I think Ian is very good. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not mad on Ian's personality if I was being honest with you. I think he comes across a little bit unauthentic. I don't know him personally though, but he certainly is very impressive as an athlete, you know, that's for sure. I feel like that he's going to do very well for himself. I feel like that, you know, he's probably going to have a lot of hype behind him. Like, you know, a lot of these lads, especially the likes of Paddy Pimlet and Ian Gary, they're probably going to be taking over a lot of the the hype trains on the UFC now in the next couple of next while. Um I thought I thought he was losing the fight though. I did feel like he was losing the fight. I thought that uh, Jordan Williams was was definitely winning. Yeah. I just feel like Ian Got that nice pull away straight. And that was it. Yeah, played it well. Game over. Well, yeah, game over. The big ones that we had been looking at, um, and I know uh, we we touched lightly on it last week, Bobby Green and Ally Aquinta. Bobby Green with the first round win there. I know Al has had, he's had two years, uh, two years away, but we got, ourselves a, we got ourselves a fight of the year candidate on uh, on what's probably a very very short list in for uh, for fights of the year between Justin Gaethje uh, and Michael Chandler, it went yeah. all three. It went all three rounds. It could have been done. It could have been done and dusted uh, a lot earlier, but the two of them just laid everything on the line. Uh, yeah, put on put on a hell of a show. I had figured. I don't know. I don't know what way we had called things last week. I had figured that it would go Gagey's way and then leave confusion as to what you do with yeah. Michael Chandler. But he's been very quick 
to Marcus Card and, and try and pitch for a, a McGregor type fight, which yeah. after the performance from Saturday night, Sunday morning, again, it's 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 like what you've just said about James Gallagher is like sometimes you win when you lose and you lose when you win and he may have lost the fight and, he, and his record may drop in the UFC to one and two but he earns himself so much more credit with the UFC <clears throat> for the performance that went in. How did you see it? Yeah, I, I think first off with the Ali Quinta and Bobby Green fight, I think that Ali, I do believe in ring rust and, and this applies to me too. I, I, when, but before I compete, I'm going to be nearly three years out, but I do feel like that can be counteracted by active sparring, you know? Yeah. And, and So I'm not sure if that had an effect on Al. Uh, Al's very tough. Like he's never been like, really dropped and hurt like before from what i know anyway he, so he went he went the five rounds with khabib not all the yeah way. yeah like i feel like i feel like that he just got caught yeah. i feel like he just got caught and that was it like i think bobby green is a very very good striker and he just left his chin at the wrong place at the wrong time and i feel like uh al will probably come back and do well again uh, maybe he wasn't doing enough sparring when you take time off like that you need to spar once a week in a live type of scenario with someone like uh, I like, you know, where it's like no music simulation, three fives. That's when you can kind of like shake off the ring work, ring rust. Anything that's closest to a competition in regards to feel and emotion is how you're going to shake off the ring rust. And it won't apply as much as what you think. It's still a thing. Of course, there's nothing like being in there, but you know, it, it does help, you know, so maybe he didn't do that. Maybe he did. Uh, Michael Chandler and Gaethje uh, yeah I think I completely agree with the same thing sometimes when you win you lose and sometimes when you lose you win and you know he lost but he won in a lot of ways in that fight you know um, I, I still feel like I said this when he fought um, I said this when he fought uh, Oliveira that I've seen Chandler fight quite a lot and I've seen him fight uh, technical fights where he throws lovely straights with leg kicks and teeps and accompanied with takedowns. Uh, 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 and I, I feel like that he just doesn't, he, he hasn't really done that in the UFC yet. You know, I think the three fights he's had, he's just been like left hook, right hook, left hook, right hook. And it just, it, it tells me that he could be trying to prove a point that I'm worthy of being here. I deserve to be here. I'm, and, and it's, it's, he's not really bringing out his authentic game. He's trying to prove something to other people as opposed yeah. to sticking to himself and his true game. You know, that's, that's the vibe I get off Michael because it wasn't a smart fight. Like, you know, <laughs> and he did, and it wasn't necessarily smart against Oliveira either, you know, and look, who knows the way it would have gone against Dan Hooker. Like he was doing the same thing in that fight, left hook, right hook, left hook. Like, and he's small, you know what I mean? He's a small guy. Like it, it, won't, it wouldn't take much for tall as to just lean and pop and lean and pop. And I feel like against McGregor, if that's what he's asking for, it's a terrible fight if he doesn't change his game plan. Because there's one thing McGregor is good at, and that's pulling and ripping with that left. So, I mean, that's just a terrible fight for him unless he actually starts bringing out a more technical, authentic style that he used to display in Bellator. Well, the, the the game plan is a the game plan is an interesting angle. I'm fairly sure in one of his post fight interviews, he had said he'd gotten so far into the Gaethje fight, and then the game plan that he had it just went out the window. Whereas Gaethje 
seem to be way more composed, way more yeah. collected, and way yeah. more. I've got a game plan for this. I'm ready for. I'm ready for um, all three rounds. And like, if it was a five round fight, if it was a five round fight, I think it still would have gone the same way. Um, but he seemed to be way more rigid in going. I'm going to attack the legs. I'm going to take them out of the equation, and then I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to rush into things. I'm going to pick my punches. I'm going to pick my spots, pick my opportunities. Where Chandler, yeah. Chandler seemed to turn it around into a little bit more kind of hit and hope. And then when Gaethje wasn't, I don't know whether he wasn't willing to put him away when he, he had that chance of of maybe looking at a an anaconda or a Darson the second to to finish it when he had him on the when he had him on the ground. And when it came into the third round, it seemed for Chandler it was like, okay, I'm still standing. Justin may be a little bit tired. Justin may be kind of holding back a little bit. I'm just going to turn it into an entertainment side of things. And I watched him as he as he walked along back by kind of press row, screaming, are you not entertained? As if he's he's channeling his inner uh, gladiator side of things or, or whatever yeah. the case is, where it was more about the entertainment value than it was the, the fight or the result at the end of it. Yeah, but yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, couldn't have said it better. Exactly. Um, with the with the other two that were on the card, then we saw a very different uh, Rose Namajunas and Zhang Wei Li fight um, for the belt for the UFC Strawweight Championship. It did go Rose's way uh, in a split decision in the wind up after twenty five minutes, and then uh, Usman and Covington went as a unanimous decision. Uh, to yeah. Didn't get the finish that he was looking for this time out, and again, I think I think it, I think it's like that. I think it's like for all for all the trash talking and mouthing and everything else that Colby Covington does, he's and that he's he's lost these two fights to Usman. Um, he's he's saying it's like this is this is me. I'm 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 warming up. I'm going to be here, and this belt is going to be mine. He may have the chance uh, of taking that belt if he just. Yeah outlasts Usman in terms of hanging around the welterweight division. He's he's shown all the all the credentials and all the capabilities for it. Uh, have you any have you any thoughts on how those two fights went or are are the results as you had expected? Uh yeah. I, I thought that I thought that it was very close between Rose and mm. and and was it Wei Lee, is it? Did yeah it? yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought they were very close fights. I thought that uh, I thought that Wei Li did well. I just think she kind of lost it in like the last round, really. You know, because she she kind of accepted that bottom position. You know, where she she scrambled up to a single leg or scrambled up to a dog fight position, and she kind of like maybe limp limp out on top or something like that. I think she would have done well, like if she finished on top. And but even at that. Rose could have still taken it because she did great in the other rounds as well. Like you know, so yeah. um, I think Kobe and Usman was close, but Usman, you know, it's hard to take it away from him if it's anyway close. You know, again, like I do feel like that, especially when he dropped him with the left hook twice. Yeah. That double left hook, I feel like that. That was kind of like you know, oh, well, you know, that's the kind of deciding. Even without that, I think he won the fight anyway, personally. But it was still a great fight. And I think Colby did really well in the fourth round. I think he did really well, you know. I, I think he could come back and win, like, you know, personally. Uh, I, I think he still could, like, and I think a trilogy would be great. But he'd have to, you know yourself, 
it's, it's always hard to give a trilogy fight to two losses, you know? So yeah, it, it's like Max Holloway and, and, uh, Volkanovsky. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's taken a, a long way around now to get that third fight into like, you know, and well, even, we, and, and everybody thought that Holloway won that second fight. I did too. And that, he still has to take a long way. That's, that's where we have the difference between Holloway and Volkanovsky and Usman and Covington with Usman Covington. It's fairly clear well obviously we we had a definitive finish in the first fight and in this fight it was i don't think there was any doubt that Osman was going to take the victory yeah. Yeah. with Volkanovski and Holloway you're you're left with that doubt particularly mm. over the second fight and whatever about the 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 situation for the first one and in terms of getting a third one i mean Holloway is still there um and is, is probably next in line for it. But with Volkanovsky and Brian Ortega, their fight was supposed to be much earlier in the year. That got moved out to September. So Volkanovsky's probably not going to compete again until early next year. So if Max wants to stay busy, um, mm. he's got to he's got to take on somebody. So next weekend, this weekend coming, he's going to take on Yair Rodriguez. Yeah. Well, how long has it been since Yair's fought? Oh, I can uh, I can tell you here. Uh, his last fight was two years ago, October twenty nineteen. Uh, it took a unanimous decision win against Jeremy Stevens. Well, Jeremy Stevens, I thought it was uh, I thought it was the zombie he bet last. Uh, no, because they they had they had the first um, they had the first fight. Two years ago, September two years ago, and it ended it ended ridiculously early. There was a, an eye gouge within the open exchanges, whether they had gone to touch gloves or do something else. Mm. Uh, it was ruled a no contest at that stage. Uh, and it had been a year further back. It was November twenty eighteen before he's he's fought since. He was lined up yeah. to fight uh he was lined up to fight Zabit yeah. last August. He was to fight Max Holloway this July. That didn't happen, but it's obviously gonna happen this weekend. Now, where is the beat Mike Omega Sharipov? I mean, he was kind of on the rise there for a while, wasn't he? He was, but now um, now he's now he's not. I don't know, was he part of that suspension or where was he? Like, Yeah, like, it's, it's, I mean, like he was making serious waves there for a while. Yeah, he took Jeremy Stevens out. He had uh, Calvin Katar. Um, and again, that's that's going back to two years ago. He had a good, uh, he had a good win there. Um, but he's he's been on the he's been on the quiet side of things, general due to his his uh, relative inactivity. But uh, what are you gonna do um, for Holloway and Yair Rodriguez? Interesting matchup. Probably doesn't need to happen. Max wants it to happen. He wants to keep on moving and reckons if he takes this fight, then there's the possibility that he can go for that that trilogy fight and and really kind of get some definitive answers between himself and Volkanovski. If you were going yeah. to call this, if you were going to call it for this weekend, do you look at Max? Do you look at oh, Max? Yeah. Yeah. Like the last I thing we saw Max was, was a boxing clinic. It was spectacular. I think that Max is a, I think Yair would have to knock him out to win. I think, mm. you know, I think I, I personally feel like that Yair has, a part of him that Max can break throughout the fight. He just has that. He's a great fighter. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know what I mean? I just feel like that, that Max has that little bit more of a dog in him where he'll, he'll push that pressure and break him down. 
and get that and, and get that stoppage. I think it'll be a TKO stoppage, like yeah. Well, if he if he performs in any way like he did against Calvin Kater, um like I don't know whether it was that was earlier this year or was that last was that even last year? No, it was January this year. But that was that was a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, fight, and just just a super clinical performance. Probably one of the best performances we've seen from Holloway. Yeah, in a, in a yeah, long time. Sure, yeah, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, the win would lead to that. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely in favor of a third fight between himself and Volkanovski. Me too. Yeah, uh, sure. And it's I, I figure it's going to be a very different result. <laughs> the third time. Yeah, right? it will be. Yeah, I feel it will be as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, on that note um, that's that's where we're at for all things MMA for this week Miles if people want to get in touch with you in terms of uh, their own martial arts journey training questions <coughs> how can they reach you uh, Instagram Team Rhino Kilkenny or Team Rhino Kilkenny at gmail.com be fine excellent Miles Price thank you so much for the company for this afternoon we will do this all again very soon good luck <laughs>